Well, hello there. It's Jeremy Myers, and this is the One Verse Podcast. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you might have noticed there is already a change. I decided to try getting rid of the intro and outro music. I want to know if you miss the music or if you like this new format of just diving right in without the leading up. It generally was about 15 seconds of intro music and 15 seconds of outro music. So anyway, I do want some feedback on that. If I don't hear anything, I'm not quite sure what I will do, if I will add it back in or leave it out. So uh, let me know, Facebook or an email, a comment on my website, whether you like the music or whether you like me leaving the music out. This is a podcast about my forthcoming book on hell titled, What is Hell? Should be out in about two weeks, near the first part of June 2019. And in preparation for that book, I am teaching a few of the things that are found in the book. So today we're going to be looking at passage in Matthew 18, verses 8 and 9, which talk about everlasting fire, and it's better for you to pluck out one of your eyes and cast it from you than to go through life with two eyes and end up in hell fire, right? Or with two hands, two feet, same thing. So what are we talking about that? Is Jesus warning people about being burned forever in the pit of hell? with that passage. That's what we will be talking about today. And uh, thankfully, this podcast episode should be a little bit shorter than the last one, but that's partly because the next one will be long. (laughs) So last one was long, and the next one will be long. This one hopefully will be relatively short. Now, before we get to the study, I do want to thank you for supporting my work and my writing and my discipleship group in any way you can. You are why I keep this podcast going and my blog and why I keep writing my books. And so I thank you for your support. There's lots of different ways you can support me in this. You can always just leave a review on iTunes of the podcast or leave some reviews of my books on Amazon. But if you want to help me financially, then just buy a couple of my books on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Apple Bookstore or wherever it is you buy books. Or if you really want for the full experience... You can join my online discipleship group at redeeminggod.com slash join, and you get access to all of my courses, free ebook downloads, audiobook downloads, the private Facebook group, and a bunch of other things there. So anyway, thank you so much for your support. In any way you can support me, I really do appreciate it. Okay, so how about Matthew 18, verses 8 and 9? Let me just read the text. I sort of summarized it for you a minute ago, but here's what the text says. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life lame or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the everlasting fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. So this teaching in Matthew 18 is really similar to the one, very similar verses found in Matthew 5, verses 22 and 29. And I couldn't decide, or I had trouble deciding which text to explain, but I decided to go with this one in Matthew 18 because it contains a few extra details, which will also help you understand the parallel passage in Matthew 5. So, Jesus speaks of hell here, and he also describes it as a place of everlasting fire. 
Now, if you have been listening to this podcast, you might remember that we talked about the word Gehenna in a previous podcast episode. And very often when you see the word hell in the New Testament, especially in the Gospel of Matthew, the way we do here, uh, it is the word, the Greek word Gehenna. All right. And so it is important whenever we're discover, uh, studying any one of these passages about hell to realize that Gehenna, the actual word that Jesus uses, was an actual, literal place outside the walls of Jerusalem. The Bible also refers to it as the Valley of Hinnom. All right. It was a garbage dump, a garbage heap outside of Jerusalem. And so people would dump their garbage there. There was often also dead bodies that were rotting and burning and decaying there. Uh, Sometimes the local officials would come down and set the mounds of garbage on fire to try to reduce the flies and the maggots and the worms and also the smell. And uh, and so as a result of that, there was often smoke that would come up from from Gehenna. And lots of, lots of times it would smolder for days, weeks, months, sometimes even years. It was a fire that never really went out. It burned forever and ever, at least seemingly. Okay? And also, as is the nature of city garbage dumps back then and today, if you've ever been to a third world country and seen the garbage dumps there, then you know that what often happens in garbage dumps, city garbage dumps, is scavengers, human scavengers, the sick, the poor, the lame, Uh, They go and some of them live in the garbage dumps, but often they scavenge through the the, the garbage, the refuse that people have left behind, they've dumped there. They're looking for food or clothing or anything that they might be able to sell and therefore get some food for themselves. Okay, so this was definitely also the case in Gehenna in the days of Jesus. In fact, some scholars tell us that there was a leper colony on the outskirts of Gehenna, and uh, every day the lepers would come forth from their caves and nooks and crannies, and they would scavenge through the garbage dump of Gehenna as well, looking for food and clothing, something to eat or possibly sell. All right, and uh, so all of that must be taken into consideration when we seek to understand Matthew 18, verses 8 and 9. You might know that lepers in the days of Jesus, often they would be losing. They would be missing a nose or maybe their eyes or sometimes even fingers or sometimes even a leg or an arm. It was not uncommon for people with advanced cases of leprosy to lose body parts uh, due to infection or amputation or some sort of accident or something like that. All right? So, uh, and that was the nature of, of leprosy or, or Hansen's disease, as it is sometimes referred to today. I think that's how, what it's called, Hansen's disease. And uh, so, so this is the situation Jesus had in mind, okay? Some people, when they first saw a hint of leprosy on their hand or their foot, they would rather cut off their hand or foot than, and go through life maimed then be officially diagnosed with leprosy and be sent to live in the smoking, smoldering, everlasting fires of Gehenna, right? Where there was worm and, and rot and decay day and night with fire and smoke forever and ever. Similarly, if someone's eye was injured and it became infected and it began to putrefy or rot, then it was better to pluck it out 
then to leave it in and have that corruption spread through the rest of their face and the rest of their body and possibly die from it. Maybe even get to leprosy and once again end up down in burning Gehenna, in the fires of Gehenna. All right? So it's better, we, we, based on the historical situation of Gehenna, uh, Matthew 18, verses 8 to 9, 8 and 9 is really not too hard to understand. Jesus is not talking about God sending people to burn and screaming torment, torture forever and ever in everlasting flames of fire in a place, uh, an afterlife place called hell. No, Jesus is warning people about something that they were very nervous about and scared about. And that if you have rot on your hands or fingers or nose, it's better to pluck it out and cut it off than it is to go live in Gehenna. Now, obviously, leprosy then and in the Bible is often a symbol for sin. So Jesus wasn't just talking about the physical case of leprosy. He was also talking about the spiritual sickness and rot and decay that comes into our life as a result of sin. And that is really the significance and the meaning of these verses. But even here, Jesus is not warning people about everlasting torture in a fiery chamber of hell in the afterlife. He's saying that just as people with physical uh, deformities from leprosy, physical sicknesses of leprosy might end up down in the garbage dump outside the gate to Jerusalem, so also if you let sin into your life go uh, unhealed, or unamputated, if you don't cut sin out of your life, then you will be sending your life into the garbage dump, into the garbage heap of life. Uh, Lepers were were no longer allowed to be with their families, to be with their spouses, or even to hang around people. They couldn't even have a dog. It is said from those days that if a leper tried to pet a dog— then, and he was successful, then the dog had to be put to death, all right? So they couldn't even have pets because they were so scared of the disease of leprosy spreading. And Jesus is saying something very similar here about sin. He says, if you have sin in your life, you sometimes need to take drastic drastic steps to avoid the destruction, the devastation that that sin can bring into your life. Right? You can ruin your marriage, ruin your family, ruin your health, ruin your finances, ruin your job if you do not take care of the sin that is in your life. That is what Jesus is talking about here. Don't read something more into this passage than what Jesus meant. Jesus is not warning people about the afterlife. He is warning people about preserving their life here and now, about protecting their family, their health, their finances, their children, their marriage, okay, their job, all those sorts of things now. Because if you do not cut sin out of your life, then you can lose all of those things in your life here and now. And, uh, you know, even the context of Matthew 18 proves that this is what Jesus is talking about. The chapter begins, verses 1 through 5, Uh, saying that the disciples should cut pride out of their life if they want to experience the kingdom of God. Okay, So he says, look, you want to experience the kingdom of God? Then uh, basically get rid of pride. Don't look out for yourself first. Then he goes on to talk about uh, rescuing the lost sheep. This is verses uh, 10 through 14. By going with one or two others to help people. 
You know, if you see someone, a brother in sin, then then go and confront him. And if he doesn't turn, then take one or two others, okay? This is about taking steps to protect and heal and restore people with sin in your community. Jesus also speaks about the importance of forgiving others as we have been forgiven. This is in verses 21 to 35, so that we give up our need to be repaid for wrongs done to us. This also is a drastic step. Forgiveness is often feels like cutting something out of your life when you forgive someone who has wronged you. But that's how important forgiveness is. So again, the entire chapter of Matthew 18 is making one point. When there is sin in your life, when there is sin in your midst, take drastic steps to take care of that sin, to cut it out. Because if you don't, it will spread, it will fester, It will rot, and if it goes far enough, it will ruin your friendships. It will ruin your family. It will ruin your finances, and you don't want that. It's better to go through life missing a part of your life that you thought was important, but you cut it out because it was sinful, than to go through life without all of the things that make life so important. So, look, that's Matthew 18, 8, and 9. It's, it's a very simple text on the face of it when you just allow Jesus to say what he means and understand it in light of its historical and cultural context, especially with the fires of Gehenna, this garbage pit outside of Jerusalem. All right? It's not a warning about everlasting punishment, screaming agony, torment, torture for unregenerate people in hell. It's a warning about how to avoid the experience of a hellish life here and now. That's Matthew 18, 8, 9. Now, you might say, Jeremy, but Jesus mentions everlasting fire. Yes, he does. That's there at the end of verse 8. And uh, the concept of everlasting fire, we've sort of briefly touched on it in previous podcast episodes, but uh, I want to save the discussion of everlasting fire for the next podcast episode when we will be looking at Matthew 25, 41 in the next podcast episode. So, uh, we will be that will be a longer one because we will be looking at the three parables and the entire Olivet discourse and of Matthew uh, twenty five and also twenty four and twenty five and also this this concept of everlasting fire. What does that mean? And once we understand what everlasting fire is and how it works, what Jesus meant by that, then that will also help us better understand, better confirm what I've just shown you about Matthew 18, verses 8 and 9. Okay, so that's the podcast episode. I told you it was relatively short. And look, we have no outro music here at the end either. Once again, if you like this new sort of uh, bare bones, just dive in, take care of business, and then get out uh, format to this podcast, just let me know. If you missed the music because you found it comforting or exciting to really get into the topic, then let me know as well, and I will add it back in. All right? Either way, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for inviting other people to listen to the podcast. I hear that all the time. I, people write to me and say that they, they so a friend of theirs recommended they listen to the podcast, and now they're listening, and they're listening to all the episodes, and they love it. So thank you so much for supporting me that way. And again, remember... If you want to get a copy of the book, What is Hell? It is available right now on pre-order on Amazon and uh, most other bookstores as well. Uh, it will be coming out in mid-June. The price will probably be going up at that time. Also, the paperback version of the book will be available in, in the first week of June. 
So if you're waiting for the paperback, uh, I, I will have one of those in the first week of June as well. Okay. Uh, and if you want to leave a review of some of my other books or join my online discipleship group, I can't wait to see what you say and can't wait to see you as part of the group. Uh, you can learn more about the group by going to redeeminggod.com slash join. All right. That's Matthew 18, 8, 9. We'll see you next week when we discuss Matthew 25, 41, and really the entire Olivet Discourse to some degree or another. Okay? All right. Talk to you later.